Good morning. How are you? You may be seated. My name is Junior, and by the way, I just want to say that Bible is amazing. Like, I, who else here would want to have one of these in your home? Like, I'm getting a little bit older now, and my vision's not the same, so a Bible like that would be perfect. Pastor Steve, next week, can we start selling some of these in the lobby? I think that would be great. Uh, guys, my name is Junior, and I get to be uh, just the national coach for Recovery Church Movement, where we help addicts and alcoholics recover from drug and alcohol addiction. And I got to tell you, God has been moving in incredible ways. You guys have Recovery Church North 40 up here in Minnesota. That team is incredible. They've been doing some amazing things. And, and through Recovery Church Movement, we've actually seen thousands of people turn away from their substance or, or addiction and turn to Jesus and see Jesus transform their lives. So, man, I just want to let you guys know that you're part of something really special here at the Open Door Church. And I get to speak on many different stages. And I got to tell you, sometimes when you're, when you're used to something, when you're, when you're part of something for so long, you can forget just how special it really is. And I want to tell you, Open Door Church, you guys are part of something special. There is something amazing that God is doing here. Your pastor and leaders are absolutely incredible. They're some of the most generous, loving people I have ever met. And I want to tell you guys that your impact and your partnership with Recovery Church doesn't just affect the people in Florida. It doesn't just affect the people here. But throughout God's power and your generosity, we've been able to plant about 33 churches across our nations to help addicts and alcoholics. So thank you, Open Door Church, for just your partnership in that. And so I'm honored to be here. And today my family is actually with me here. And this is my family up here on the screen. This is where we say, aw, the kids. I mean, come on, you know, it's, you know. That's my beautiful wife, Mandy, and Mandy is the one that actually helps me write messages. She is just an anointed writer, and, and so she actually helped me work on this VBS message that we've been working on. So if the message is good, it was me. If the message is bad, it was her, okay? Wait, that's backwards. I'm sorry. No, no. If the message was good, it was her. If the message was bad, it was me. That's what I meant to say. Some of the men are looking at me like, seriously, man? Like, that's just, just wrong, right? My kids, Avery and JR, so Avery is my youngest, and Avery wants to be a UFC fighter. Pray for me, church. Pray for me. When he was five years old, we're walking into a grocery store, and he looks at me and says, Dad, I want to do a job where it's face-kicking and stomach-punching. I said, well, UFC, son, I got you. I said, Mom, guess what? Avery wants to be a UFC fighter. She looks at us and says, Nope. I said, well, I'm going to be praying because the Lord's going to open it. Come on. I'm like, honey, he's gifted. He could throw an anointed punch. Come on. Who here thinks he should be a UFC fighter if he wants to be? All five of you. Everybody else is like, seriously, man? Like, this is what you guys teach kids? So he wants to be a UFC fighter. My, my oldest son, JR, wants to be a football player. Okay? He has an anointed arm, and he just started football practice last week. And I remember being at practice with him, and i got to tell you, as a father, it felt really good to see my coach push my kids in that way, right? Because sometimes you tell your kids to do something and they don't do it. So it was really good to see that while they were practicing, my son was messing around a little bit, and coach said, run a lap, and he had to run a lap. Do some push-ups. He had to do push-ups. And I loved it because, see, coach wants my son to get 
better. Any coaches in here? When you're coaching someone, your goal is not to hurt them. It's to make them better, right? And so I started thinking to myself, how cool would it be if, if we had coaches in our life, right? If we had a coach to actually push us and encourage us and rebuke us and teach us. And I realized as I was having that thought, God actually said that the Bible is our coach. Come on, did you know that the Bible, the Word of God, is your coach? My question is, have you been showing up to practice? Because, see, God teaches through His Word, and His Word is actually our coach. See, 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. See, training yourself in the Word of God is wisdom. And see, prior to coming here in January, I knew that Minnesota was cold. That was knowledge, right? I knew that it was cold, but I had never experienced below zero temperatures. By the way, y'all, I am glad to be here in the summertime. Minnesota is beautiful in the summertime. I shall never be back in the wintertime. You could, I went out on a lake and didn't even know that it was a lake at first, right? Because when you look out, you don't see lakes or water. You just, you just see white. It's just ice everywhere, right? But when I came back this summer, I realized, guys, you have lakes and a lot of greenery. This place is beautiful, right? But when I came the first time, all it was was just there. And so during services, Pastor Steve, your pastor, because he is such an amazing guy, he said, well, you preached on Peter and he walked on water. How about you go walk on water? I said, I'm good. I'm not the type to walk on water. I'm okay, right? He's like, oh, come on, let's go. You preached on boldness. Never preach on boldness in Minnesota. You preached on boldness. Come on, let's go practice what you preach. So I went out there on the water, and I was freaking out the whole time. I'm not going to lie to you. I tried to put my seatbelt on. They're like, no seatbelts. The law says seatbelt. They're like, yes, but if anything goes wrong, you want to be able to get out. What can go wrong? <laughs> what, what can go wrong here? They're like, crack the windows. Why are we cracking the windows? In case you fall in the water, you need to be able to get, wait, wait, let's get off the ice. Let's get off the ice, right? But, but this place is beautiful. But here's the thing. Before I knew that it was cold, then I experienced it. And because of that knowledge and the experience, now I've decided I'm not coming back, and that is wisdom, right? Wisdom is knowing, right, and applying what you know. And, and Pastor Steve did a great job last week just saying, hey, wisdom is not just knowledge. See, I don't know if you guys remember this. Back in the day, they used to have commercials that said, knowledge is power. You guys ever hear that commercial? No? You did, right? Okay, I thought, I'm like, maybe it's because my mama had bad cable. We ain't never had no good stuff. I'm like, maybe the channel we was on said it wrong. But, but no, knowledge is power. And I want to tell you, knowledge is not power. Knowledge is information. Applied knowledge is power. So applying what you know is what makes all the difference in your life. And a friend of mine told me a long time ago, he said, Junior, if you did what you knew, you'd know what to do. Come on, if you did what you knew, you'd know what to do. See, sometimes we're looking for new information. I just need more information. And sometimes we don't need more. We just need to apply the information that we have. So today we're going to talk about wisdom and how wisdom actually comes from the Word of God. And we're going to park in Romans 12.2. So if you do have your Bibles, I want you to open it up to Romans 12.2. I'm not going to have the words up on the screen because, you know, I, I was talking to some folks here and I found out that you guys are now 
learning how to really bring your Bibles and dive into the Bible. And if you're anything like me, you got the Bible app. Come on, where are my Bible app folks at? All three of you, hallelujah. We have the world and the Word of God in our pocket. It's beautiful. But today, before we dive into the Word, I want to actually, let's laugh a little bit. Because laughing is wisdom, right? Laughing is wise. The Bible actually says it like this in Proverbs 17, 22. It says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. And see, sometimes, guys, we're praying to have a different life or, or, or to live someone else's life. And, and sometimes we don't need to live someone else's life. We just need to laugh more in the life that we currently have. Amen? So we're going to start off with a little bit of humor. Can, can, I be, can we have a little bit of humor starting off? You guys are so excited about this humor, by the way. I am, this is going to be, the pastor gave me two and a half hours to preach to y'all. There's no message after this, so I hope y'all are ready and buckled in. Some of you guys are like, I pray to God, pastor did not. This is the first time they're praying right now. I hope he did not give. Okay, so I'm going to do some Bible jokes, okay? So if you know the answer, please help me out. Got it? Let's do this together. So number one is this. How long did Cain hate his brother? Anybody can shout it out. As long as he was able. Come on, give her a round of applause. How did you know that? Did you listen to first service? Amazing. Well done. As long as he was able. Come on, isn't that funny? Okay, you, y'all, y'all not moved by that one. I got another one. I got another one. We're going to keep going until you guys actually laugh. So here we go. Number two is this. Who was the smartest man in the Bible? I heard Solomon. Good answer, but not funny. <laughs> Who else? Come on, think. Who is the smartest man in the Bible? It was Abraham, because he knew a lot. A lot? His nephew's name was Lot. He knew a lot. Come on. Not moved by that one either. I see Minnesota's a tough crowd. Okay, we're going to go a little bit deeper. Okay, number three, here we go. What kind of person was Boaz before he got married? For those who don't know, Boaz married a woman named Ruth, okay? So what kind of man was Boaz before he got married? Ruthless. Come on, Minnesota, you guys. You guys are good. All right. This one is really hard to get, but somebody got it first service. And uh, I want to see if you guys do. This is like, Pastor Steve's done a great job because you guys know some of these answers. You've been reading your Bible. Good job. Here we go. Last one. You ready? Which Bible character had no parents? <laughs> Which Bible character had no parents? Joshua, son of Nun. No? Come on, son of, that, that's his, no, not, not that funny. You from, Tracy looking at me like, I'm from Recovery Church Junior. That one is not funny. Do not, right? But, but here's the thing, guys. Laughter is good medicine, isn't it? Let me ask you, when's the last time you really laughed? When's the last time you sat back and just had fun and just connected with people and just laughed? See, laughing is wisdom. And today, as we dive into our message, I want to pray, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just open up our hearts to receive whatever it is that God has for us. So if you guys would, let's, let's pray together. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for 
uh, just this incredible church, God, for these incredible people that you've brought together today, God. I thank you for uh, Pastor Steve and Deidre and just the incredible ministry and the leaders that they have here, Lord. But today, God, I know that we don't go places, we're sent places. And so every single person in this room right now was sent here because you want to speak something to them. So, God, I pray that no matter what I say, God, that you would speak to your children. Father, my words have no power without yours. So speak to your children today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Romans 12.2. And here's what Romans 12.2 says. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. Some of you guys know this one by heart. But be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Well, see, that word transform in Greek is actually metamorpho, okay? So turn to your neighbor and tell them metamorpho. Okay, that's a tongue twister. Turn to your other neighbor, your second choice, and tell them metamorpho. That word actually means, right, metamorphosis, right? And metamorphosis is the process of transformation from an immature form to an adult form in two or more distinct stages. So metamorphosis is literally a transformation from an immature form to an adult form. So because this is part of VBS, and by the way, VBS, your kids have a lot of fun in VBS. And can we give it up for Cindy for week one? She did an incredible job bringing the word one and two. Can we give it up for Pastor Steve last week with such a great word? Rehoboam and wisdom and Solomon, it was incredible, right? But, but since we're VBS, we want you to see that your kids have fun and, and they actually learn through visual as well. So what we're going to do is this. We just found out that transformation from immature form to an adult form is transformation. So I'm going to put up some pictures on the screen and I want you guys to be able to guess what this animal was in its immature form. Are you with me? All right, the kids are ready. They're like, I got this one. Okay. So the first one, what is that? Panda, how did you know? Panda, it's panda. You're absolutely right. Give her a round of applause. How did you guess panda from, from that picture? Because it's ugly? I love kids. I love kids. See, that's how we, it was ugly. I knew it was a panda. So most people thought that was cute, right? Um, but that is, yeah, that, yes. That's cute. Ooh, you from Minnesota for real. I like you. That's amazing. So panda, right? That's the first one. So the second one, let's do it. Let's see if you can guess this one. Flamingo. Did you get that again? Both. Y'all are sitting. Did they, did they see my notes? Did you guys listen to first? It is flamingo. Yes, somebody back there. You nailed that. Flamingo, right? Good job. Let's go to the third one. What is the third one? Okay, this one, yeah, good luck. What do you guys think it is? Come on, adults. Come on. Avery, did you yell out, ladybug? You are my son, and you was here for service. Can you go? Get, get up. I'm so sorry, y'all. We got disrupted by my children. This is not... <laughs> But were you guys really, I mean, ladybug, here's the thing, it looks so different in the immature form than it did in this form, doesn't it? That's what transformation actually looks like. We're going to do one more. I want to see if you guys can guess this one. 
everybody that said porcupine, I'm with you. But it's a hedgehog. And you guys knew this answer as well. Something is going on up in the front row. That's all I'm saying. But it, it's, it's a hedgehog, right? But when you look at the pictures, they look so different, don't they? And here's the thing. Each one of those creatures growing is something that looks completely different. And the baby panda actually starts out small and helpless. But then in the future, it grows up to be big and furry and can eat a lot of bamboo. Can any one of the kids in here guess how much bamboo? Uh, If you guys know this answer, I know you listen to first service. (laughs) Can you guess how much bamboo a panda can eat a day when it's older? 84 pounds of bamboo. Praise the Lord. Now I know the truth. You have been. There is no way you could have known that. Amazing, right? 84 pounds. But here's the thing. It doesn't happen overnight, does it? Transformation is a process. And see, there's some of us in this room right now who maybe you've been beating yourself up because you're not what you want to be. You keep saying, well, I'm not fit enough or I'm not good enough or I'm not this. And I want you to know that that transformation is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. See, you may not be what you want to be, but you're not who you used to be. And see, God has been moving in your life, and he's been transforming you from an immature form to a different form. See, we're called to look different. See, 1 Corinthians thirteen eleven says this, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, what does it say? I put away childish things. And see, we're not called to stay children. We're actually called to grow in the word of God. We're called to grow in wisdom. The question is this, how do we grow? Like, What do we need to do to grow? And the Apostle Paul actually tells us this in Romans 12 too. So if you have your Bibles, Romans 12 too says this, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, Paul understood that God's path is much different than the world's path, isn't it? See, wisdom from God is not always compatible with what the world actually says is true. And see, church, if we're not careful, we can start letting the world identify and and, and change who we are and maybe change us into something that God never intended for us to be. See, let's take a look at this for a moment. Can everybody tell me what this is? It's a crown. Fantastic. So this crown right here represents in this series vanity, right? And it it represents how the world tells you that you need to be a certain height. You need to be a certain weight. You need to be a certain build. You need to look a certain way. But see, Paul tells us not to conform to the ways of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. Did you know that God says that you're his masterpiece? Did you know that God said that you are one of one, there will be no other? He created you on purpose, for purpose. Did you know that in Psalm 139, he says that he knitted you together in your mother's womb? He says that you are beautiful. You are masterpiece. You are exactly what he intended. And see, sometimes we can look at ourselves in the mirror and feel like we're not good enough or don't look good enough. And just like... God asked Adam, who told you? Come on, who told you? Adults, some of you guys feel like you're not good enough. Let me ask you, who told you? Kids, today it's so difficult in school because before there was a different level of bullying. People would mess with you face to face. Now through social media, people can tell you all kinds of things. Let me ask you, who told you? 
that you weren't good looking? Who told you you weren't tall enough? Who told you you weren't strong enough? See, whoever told you didn't have the right to tell you because they didn't create you. The only one who can label the created is the creator. And the creator says that you're his masterpiece. And there will never be another like you. So today, if you've conformed to this way of feeling like you're not enough or not good enough or don't look good enough, I just want to tell you right here, right now, wisdom from God's word will tell you that you're exactly what he wanted you to be and you are perfect in his eyes. Amen? Amen. Second one we're going to look at is this right here. Anybody know what this is? Anybody know what this is? Amen. This is a thumbs up. And this actually represents acceptance. This, this is, to be accepted by the world sometimes, we may feel pressure to do things that don't align with God's world, don't we? Have you ever done anything that you didn't want to do to be accepted? Come on, adults, have you ever sacrificed and given up what you want most for what you want now? You gave up what was most important just to be cool or popular in the face of people. You wanted this, right? Come on, kids, I know that you're young, but have you made a decision that maybe wasn't good or didn't line up with your parents because you wanted one of these, right? We, we just want to thumbs up. We want to feel like we are good enough, and we do things that we shouldn't do to try to fit in. And I love how Dave Ramsey puts it. He puts it like this. He says, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Come on, somebody. Amen. Adults, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. You got something in the parking lot right now at your house that you bought because you spent money, you bought something you didn't need with money you didn't have to impress people you don't like. Here's the thing. God is already impressed with you. God is already for you. God says, here's the thing, I loved you so much in your brokenness that I sent my son Jesus to die on a cross to pay for your sin, to adopt you into my family. I love you. You are worth it. And I'm already impressed with who you are. See, some of us, even here as adults, we've made mistakes this week, right? And so if I was to ask you, what do you think God's countenance is towards you? What do you think God's facial expression is towards you? Do you feel he's giving you a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Some of us have been Christians for years. And we'd be like, yeah, God is probably doing this. I yelled at my kids this week, and I wasn't the best father. Right? I just want to let y'all know, we all yell at our kids, okay? If anybody in this crowd doesn't, please see me after uh, service. I'm going to need some counseling from you. Um, And then Pastor Steve is going to teach a good lesson on telling the truth. Um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, But the reality is this, guys. God is not staring at you upset. Think about this for a moment. When you guys first had kids, if you ever had kids, right? If you ever taught a kid how to walk, like when a kid first learns how to walk, what do they do? They take like a half a step, if that, and fall, right? And we don't look at them and say, hey, the St. Val family, we don't fall around here. Get up. What's wrong with you? We celebrate them. Hey, you, you, took, you took a half a step. I'm so proud of you. Hey, you, you showed up at church today. I'm so proud of you. Hey, you opened God's word. I know it's been about 380 days since you did it, but you're doing it today. I'm proud of you. God is not looking at you to give you a thumbs down. God has given you a thumbs up and trying to encourage you to continue to move forward 
in him, right? So how do we move forward in God? How do we fight conforming to the ways of the world? And how do we not conform but be transformed? Four quick points, and then I'll be done, right? So the first point is this. If you want to not conform but be transformed, first thing you need to do is this. Get a time and a place to renew your mind and spend time with the Word of God. Spend time with the Word of God. That right there is the beginning of wisdom. That right there is where every answer that you need for this world lies. So if you want to become wise, if you want to become transformed, the problem is sometimes we try to do it on our own strength, right? I'm going to try to become better. I'm going to try to stop cursing. I'm going to try to stop doing this, right? But God is saying, no, 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 you don't have the power. Jesus died because you didn't have the power. All you need to do is you find a time and a place, and you spend time in that book right there. And I can promise you that over time, if you do that, God will transform you from the inside out, not based on Junior's authority, but based on the word of God. God said, don't be conformed, but be transformed by what? Renewing your mind. So if you spend time in that book, God will change you from the inside out. But here's the truth. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. See, sometimes it's not that we don't want to do it. It's that we don't plan to do it. And when we don't plan to do it, we don't do it. I have people at church that still come up to me and they're like, Junior, one of these days, breakfast. One of these days. Three years later, we still ain't had breakfast yet. The ones that get breakfast with me a lot of times are the ones that's like, hey, man, what's your schedule look like next week? Come on, pull out your phone. Pull out your phone, right? How's it look on Tuesday? Tuesday, okay, I'm busy at this time. 9.30, cool, done. I show up to that meeting. You know why? Because we planned it. Most of you guys plan meetings throughout your day and throughout your week. How often are we planning time to be in the place where we can gain the most wisdom, right? So my first point is this. If you want to grow in wisdom and not conform to this world, you need to get a time and a place to renew your mind with the word of God. Does that make sense? Awesome. I went a little too hard on that one maybe. It's still settling. It's okay. My second point is a lot softer. So, so point number two is get a time and a place to renew your mind with the word of God. I had to say it twice, y'all. Because I want to make sure that you get this. It is super important. The word of God, this is how transformation happens, right? Come on. Okay, I'll get to my third point because this one might be annoying you. My third point is get a time and a place to renew your mind with the word of God. (laughs) Are you getting it? Sometimes we're looking to do new things when God is saying, I'm not asking you to do something new. I'm asking you to do what I asked you to do before that you're not doing, right? And my fourth point, in case you can't guess, get a time and a place to renew your mind with the word of God. Come on, church, if we would just do that. Sometimes we're looking for the newest sermon, the newest thing, the newest that. You don't always need the new. Sometimes we just need to go back to what we know. Because if we did what we knew, we'd know what to do. And so God is saying, would you open up my word and spend time with me? Stop chasing the crown and the the trophies and the thumbs up and all of that other stuff. Stop chasing things that I already say that you have. You already have acceptance. You already have success. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory because in Jesus' name, the battle's already won. So we don't even need to be afraid anymore. We're fighting from victory. Amen? He already paid the price. You don't need to. On a daily basis, some of us try to pay for what Jesus already did. He's already forgiven your sins. And he says, go and sin no more and live a life of freedom. Amen? 
So, so how do we become transformed? Well, Matthew 6.33 puts it like this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? All of these things shall be added onto you. So the way that we become transformed is by running to Jesus. The way that we become transformed is by running to the word of God. Did you know that Jesus and the word of God is one and the same? Come on, as Matt, if you have your Bibles, can you do me a favor? Let's turn to John chapter 1 real quickly. Just John chapter 1. Most of you guys know this one by heart. But I want you to see this, and I want you to try this with me. Okay, if you turn to John chapter 1, here's what it says. You guys know this. In the beginning was what? Was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And if we jump down to verse 14, it says what? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Every time you hear the Word, I want you to replace it with Jesus. Okay? Anytime you hear the Word... Replace it with Jesus. So we're going to read that again. John 1.1. 1, 1, and the beginning was Jesus and was with God and was God and Jesus became flesh. The word is Jesus and Jesus is the word. So if you want wisdom, you know what you need? You need Jesus. If you want wisdom, you know what you need? You need the word of God. And Paul tells us, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed through Jesus Christ. Be transformed through the word of God. Then you will experience his will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I'll wrap up with this story. So I used to spend at least an hour with God every morning. And it was incredible. Like when I used to spend at least an hour with God every morning, that's what he called me to. Man, I tell you what, I was a lot more joyful I was a lot more loving. I was a lot more patient. Come on, you guys got it good here in Minnesota. Have you ever driven in Florida? My goodness. Everybody moves to Florida from up north and driving. You'll wake up a Christian and go to sleep. Just different. (laughs) But I had joy. I had peace. I had patience. I had goodness. I had kindness. I had the fruits of the Spirit because I spent time in the Word of God. And then what happened is my schedule changed. And Here's what happens sometimes when our schedule changes, our life changes. And so I wasn't able to spend time with God anymore. Why? Because I'm like, man, I can't find the time. Anybody ever feel that way? I just, I can't find the, t- I can't find the time. I can't find the time. But the reality is, I was still going to the gym. The reality is, I was still spending time watching Netflix. The reality is, I was still spending a lot of time doing other things. But I was saying, I, I don't have time to spend with God. And I realized that I was getting more frustrated quicker and being shorter with people, sometimes not even wanting to be around people, right? And I'll tell you that as a pastor, sometimes I don't want to be around people, right? But see, recently, I went back to what God had told me to do. I went back to spending time in the Word of God. I went back to where wisdom begins. I went back, and I started spending that time with God every morning as much as I could. Here's the thing. I don't say daily. I say consistently. Because if you do daily, we beat ourselves up. We miss one day. We're like, oh, I had a 39-day streak. I'm done, right? No, no, no. Consistently. So I went back to spending time with God consistently. And here's what I can tell you. I became more joyful. I became more loving. I became more patient. The world is broken, and I saw all this brokenness around me. But I was more focused on Jesus and seeing things the way that he did. And it literally changed my heart. Guys, I didn't do anything specific or special. All I did was I went back to where wisdom really comes from. 
which is the Word of God. So my prayer for you is that you may have read the Scripture before. You may already know this. My question is this. How much time are you spending with God? And if you've already read the Bible several times and now it's like, yeah, I've read it before, I just don't know, take somebody else through it. See, in recovery, we have sponsors and sponsees, and we walk alongside people. And here's the thing. Every time I read with my sponsors or sponsees, with my sponsees, I learn something new. See, the Bible is a book that reads you. So here, here's my challenge. If you've read the Bible many times, would you find somebody in here? Would you find somebody new and walk alongside of them? Do what Jesus said. Follow me. Let's read this book together because there is power in this book. And if you read this book, it will literally change your life. And I apologize, second service. I did go over my time. I knew when I was supposed to end first service. I didn't pay attention to the clock second service. But I really wanted you guys to get this. You don't need to do something extravagant. Transformation happens little by little over time. And if you would spend time in that word consistently, a year from now you're going to look back and you're going to look different. And you'll realize that it was the word of God that transformed you from the inside out. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single person that's in this room today. God, I pray for the fruits of the Spirit in their lives. God, I pray right now that you would inspire them and remind them, God, that you are God. You are creator. You made all things. You speak things into existence. And you spoke that word. And God, that word is supposed to be our coach, God. It's supposed to help us walk through life and and help us stay encouraged and help us to make a difference and to walk into our purpose. So many times, God, we ask the question and we say, I don't know what God's will is for my life. Well, as you say in Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed, but be transformed. Then you will know. So, God, the key is that we need to be transformed first. Then we will know what it is that you put us on this earth to do. So, God, I pray for every single person in this room. I pray that you would inspire them to spend time in your word and in your presence. And I pray that as they do, Father God, no matter how broken things are, that they would realize that they have eternity with you in heaven and that they would fix their eyes onto heaven, fix their eyes onto you, and know that this world is fading away, Father God. But we have a promise in Jesus' name that we're going to be in a place where there's no more tears, no more pain, no more crying, and that, God, we're going to be with you for eternity in a beautiful place called heaven. So God, I just pray that today we won't conform to this world that's fading, but we will be transformed and focus our eyes on you who made all things, who's going to be with us for eternity. It's in Jesus name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys.